Slice Audio. Season four, episode four of Citizens Rest. Wow. Yes. Woo. Let's season four. <laughs> These guys are ready. Well, it's been a while. It's been it a is. few weeks. So yeah, we're ready to roll. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> yeah, oh my don't gosh. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> I love it. Let's just let, let these LL guys. Play? Is that who that just, is? I think so. Yeah. I think it was. What? So what's been going on in in Cop Town? Uh, you know, it it hasn't gotten any less busy. I'll tell you that yeah. much. Yeah. Same old, same old, really. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. you got to ask us about a specific event. Otherwise, all right. it all seems to blend together. Well, yeah. I've, I've been waiting to ask about the driver that was involved in the DeGeest fire. Okay. Yes. The Dotson yeah. family. Uh-huh. Yeah. A horrible deal. Very tragic event. A family lost their entire home. Uh, my and My heart pets. goes out to them. Uh, also, a feel for the family and the gentleman who was the driver of that vehicle who lost his life in that crash. But uh, what a bad deal. I mean, just imagine yourself. It's, what was it, like 4 o'clock in the morning? Pretty mm-hmm. early. You know, you're Most people are still sleeping. Yeah, you're deep asleep, and all of a sudden you hear a car crash into your house, and you're rushing to get your family out only to have your house explode. Mm. And then uh, not knowing where some of your family members are and then finding out later that they'd already been transported to the hospital. And, yeah, I got to tell you, I got there at least a half an hour or 45 minutes after this whole thing occurred because, of course, I was in bed like uh, the rest or like a lot of others, I'll say. And by the time I got there, you know, there was still a massive fireball. The fire department couldn't put out the flames because of the gas line that was on fire and uh, they're talking about having to dig through the roadway to be able to get to the line to shut it off safely so no firemen or additional people get hurt but yeah what a what a rough deal mm-hmm. uh, what's go- what ha- how did it happen what was the driver doing so i wasn't involved in the uh, investigation afterwards just more involved in the pre- or the early on response of of things but from what i know it sounds like this gentleman was going northbound on degee street and if you've ever been on degeese out in the valley if you leave a twilight drive and head north degeese is a pretty straight away pretty straight stretch of roadway for about a quarter of a mile or so and there was a witness in the area that sees a vehicle cruise by. I think speeds were estimated around 80 to 90 miles per hour. Oh. And as you come up to uh, one of the crossway intersections, which is the very next one that you come to, you kind of go up at an incline and over the road and continue on to east. Well, this gentleman was carrying so much speed of course he couldn't make the left-hand curve in the roadway of east and ended up striking that house, uh, hit a camper first, actually blew through a camper. Blew through a camper. And uh, then into the side of the house and landed on top of a gas line, which ruptured. And from what I've heard, it sounds like the family woke up. One of the uh, victims in this matter is a volunteer fire department, knew that uh, the gas line had been hit, started yelling at his family members to get out, and was yelling stuff like, you know, gas, gas. Well, and must have had a plan. Well, obviously, I mean, because he did the right thing by, you know, getting everybody out of that house. And, you know, it's kind of like police work, too. You know, perhaps uh, firemen look at things kind of the same way. You know, when I was a younger officer, you know, I'd cruise around town, and 
my mind would go to events that, you know, scenarios. Hey, what would I do if something like this were to happen? And you kind of prepare yourself so when it does happen, you already kind of have a pre-planned response in your mind as far as how mm-hmm. you'd handle that, who you'd call, what's your next step. Well, uh, I guess I don't necessarily think that someone would plan for someone running into their house and having their house explode on them because of a gas line break. But he had enough wits or knowledge in his mind to know that, hey, if if gas is escaping Detected, from a gas yeah. line, you got to get out of there mm-hmm. before something worse That's even wild. happens. Um, I don't know this for sure, but it also sounds like, you know, this isn't the first time that their house had been hit by a car. Mm. But, uh, yeah, big, unfortunate event. It sounds like they got themselves some help with... Uh, you know, some social media sites, uh, some housing in the area, and it sounds like they're getting things turned around to where they can start putting their lives back together. So yeah. so good for them. Was the driver intoxicated? So that I don't know. I can tell you that, uh, unfortunately, because of how this accident happened, I'll tell you, the car was right on top of this gas line. And when this gas line is, uh, imagine a propane tank turn to the maximum setting and you have fire to it it's like it's like a blowtorch yeah and this blowtorch was you know on the underside of this car directly underneath where he was seated um i don't know any particulars but i don't think there was a whole lot that we could do as far as uh, following up perhaps there was with with a method or two to where they were able to get those results. I just never was part of the process to, to have that. If that not, example. that's got to be hard to not have answers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, I mean, we had a, a decent idea of who the driver was, but we couldn't say for sure uh, without going to DNA testing. And, and yeah. thus is why I'm saying, I mean, it's you have to have things to be able to test to determine whether or not, you know, if they were intoxicated, whether it be on alcohol or drugs. Um, sometimes you can get that information. I just, I, that I don't know. Well, and you got to think, too, uh, like you said, uh, hearts go out to that family because you're sleeping, then all of a sudden you wake up to that, and then now you literally have nothing. Yeah. You have nothing. Exactly. There's no, like, let me go grab my jacket. No. Let me, uh, I'll get my work boots. No. Let you know, my sewing machine, whatever your personal yeah. items, guns to to just swimming trunks to anything. You have nothing, you know. Yeah. And the loss of their pets. Yeah, oh, yeah. to boot, yeah. yeah, you know. Gosh. it's It sounds like they were able to save, I think, one. They were. But uh, it did sound like they lost a couple of their others. Oh. But, uh, yeah, I drove by that house uh, in days following, and it, I mean, it's a sad deal. You see all of their belongings piled up under a bunch of rubble, and the only thing that they have to protect that scene is, you know, police crime scene tape around there to try to keep people out. And then having to go back maybe even days later to pick through it to try to find some of the stuff that, you know, truly means things to you, like maybe some pictures survived, maybe uh, some jewelry survived that meant something to you. So... Either way, uh, we're thankful that, of course, uh, the victims in this uh, or the family that lived there were able to get out and, uh, you know, save their own lives. But unfortunately, we did lose another in the whole event. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, it's crazy to even fathom thinking of a car doing 80 up that road. I mean, doing half that speed, 45, 
up to geest would be would be fast. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know, like, is that the part of the geese that the construction's not the best? <laughs> the roads pretty well, rough. Well, that part of the geese, the straightaway, was actually redone. I want to say a few years oh, ago. Okay. Okay. So that uh, that's a nice flat straight road, and uh, however, where the road starts to curve off to the uh, west a little bit, as I think was where it starts to get rough. Mm-hmm. So I really never got a chance to get to the really. That's wild. It's heartbreaking. We were yeah. Heart. We're pretty fortunate growing up. I grew up on the corner of South Neal and Twilight. So Neal Street comes straight down to that house. <laughs> and then it jogs over sure. to South Neal. For some reason, they couldn't line those roads up. And uh, and I remember a couple of times when I was younger that a car hit our house. Never like that. And, I mean, never even did any damage. But because there used to be a ditch before the sidewalk, so they'd have to make it through that ditch, and that would take most of the 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 stopping of the car. But I can remember my bedroom was there, and so was my parents, and so you know it'd be boom, and you'd be like, "What?" And then I'd hear my dad, "Ah, dang, another car!" You know, whatever. (laughs) And so yeah, we've had accidents too, where cars have hit houses or hit buildings, or it slid down a hill, you know, because the roads are icy and they mm -hmm. just can't stop. And they'll crash into a house. Or maybe, you know, another common one is uh, convenience stores, believe it or not. People will pull up to the front doors of a convenience store, and uh, they'll get out of their car, and they'll think that their car is in park, and it's not. (laughs) Or they'll jump back into their car, and they'll go to hammer the brake because they realize their car is moving. But (laughs) rather than hitting the brake, they hit the accelerator. (laughs) So we've had those types of building crashes in the past. But uh, out of my 21-year career, I've never seen anything as devastating as a scene as this one. If anybody listening wants to help out the family, just get in touch with us. Yeah. Yeah. It's devastating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we could help them out. But so the last time you guys were on our last episode, we talked about some uh, officer-involved shootings and things like that. Mm -hmm. There was the one at the, um, the gas station, the convenience store. Stuff like that. I believe I seen on social media. I can't remember which one, but I do remember seeing that it was an uh, the officer was justified yeah. in the in the shooting, and I I haven't heard any more. There was a couple of them that yep. happened. So, yep. So we had had uh, uh, two officer involved shootings in uh, somewhat close proximity. Three, if you really want to stretch it out. But uh, the two, the first one was um, you know an officer. You know, we, we've had a 24-7 presence uh, up in the in the big three area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the Knollwood, Maple Avenue intersection, those big apartment complexes up there. Um, part of that 24-7 presence is, is doing uh, routine patrols through uh, some of the uh, um, apartment complexes. We had an officer that had observed uh, the, the elements of suspicious behavior, um, ended up getting into a foot pursuit with uh, a suspect. Uh, the suspect ended up going into a building. Uh, the officer attempted to taser the suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, that failed. And then while the officer is chasing the suspect up the stairs, there's actually a pretty good picture that came along with the report of the of the suspect actually turning and pointing a gun at the officer. And oh, wow. So that's what prompted that officer-involved shooting. That one... Uh, the South Dakota Division of Criminal Investigation uh, investigated that one, and the attorney general came back and, and deemed that one justifiable. 
Um, and then uh, we also had the one that you mentioned at the convenience store, the mm-hmm. loaf and jug up on Haynes. Uh, that was a pretty scary situation because we had an individual that had decided to um, bring a third party into it as a hostage. Mm-hmm. Um, an employee of the, the convenience store um, was being held by the suspect at knife point uh, at the point that the call came out. And so the uh, responding officer got there, located uh, um, both the suspect and the hostage in the parking lot. The, the hostage was able to get away. Then it became a confrontation between the officer and the suspect. Uh, the, the officer's trying to give commands, drop the weapon, mm-hmm. dr- drop the weapon. And he's got, you know, numerous bystanders all around this too. Mm-hmm. So he's not only looking out for his own safety, but the safety of the bystanders, uh, very chaotic scene. And then at one point during the interaction, the suspect, uh, you know, ends up bolting towards the officer with the, with the knives in his hand. And, uh, the officer was forced to defend his own life. And, uh, just within the last uh, week or so, the uh, attorney general's office came back and, and deemed that one justified as well. Oh. Well, it's unfortunate, but good, I guess. I mean, there's not nobody. I don't think any officer wants to be involved in some some situation like that, especially when it ends like that. They'd rather it be a uh, put your knife down. Let's go talk about this. You know, maybe sit in jail for a second. But yeah, and it uh, I think it just goes to to show. Uh, the everyday, you know, life-threatening scenarios that our officers are called to deal with uh, and, you know, have to deal with it in the way that has the least impact possible. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it ends up coming back on the person that, that created the situation. Yeah. I mean, just, just that alone just reminded me of, a, of an incident here we just had last week. Uh, had a... A vehicle go through a stop sign in the area of the big three, uh, which Brenda was just talking about, that uh, turned into a vehicle pursuit that went kind of up towards North Rapid and the mall, ultimately turned to go east on the interstate off of La Crosse Street. Uh, they've got that vehicle stopped. Actually, the vehicle stopped on its own. And uh, we do this felony stop is what we call it, a high-risk stop, where we don't immediately just run up to the vehicle. We want to be safe. But uh, lo and behold, I think we pulled uh, two guns out of that car, and the vehicle was being wow. driven by uh, one of our local parolees. Mm-hmm. Oh. And uh, in addition to uh, the parolee, uh, the first shooting incident that we had just talked about in regards to the subject stop of a suspicious person around the apartment complexes. That individual was also a parolee and mm-hmm. was was armed with a with a firearm. So here recently, we've been working also really hard with uh, our parole section to see what we can do as far as coming across mm-hmm. all of these parolees with firearms who are technically, you know, they're they're released from prison, but yet they're still supposed to be. Yeah. You know they're in custody of the, of the state, and they have guidelines that they're that they're follow, that they're supposed to be following. So uh, yeah, we're working on on that as well to see what we can do to. And get the the suspect from the the loaf and jug incident, also, yeah. uh, he had he had just gotten uh, out on parole the the month prior. Hmm. Before he did that, so so working with uh, guns. Trying to get firearms off the streets. I don't know if you've seen the the latest and greatest uh, 
PSA that uh, the police department has. I saw it on YouTube, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you guys seen it? I don't chance? think I have. Yeah. We're kind of doing an all-points all, all approach with, uh, you know, digital billboards, social media messaging, uh, television commercials, uh, even some, uh, I believe, some radio ads, too. Uh, but if you go to our, our Facebook page, you'll see the most recent video that was posted is uh, the first in a series of videos reminding people uh, why it's a bad idea to leave a gun in a car. So I, I didn't even know this was coming out. I just happened to stumble upon it on YouTube. Now, is this the one where the guy's face is covered? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, it's, a, it's a good see. Uh, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. it we'll was, have to check it out. It was, yeah. it was yeah. unique. I'm not going to give you any more details because I don't want to spoil it <laughs> but, for you. But, but the point that it tries to get across is the fact that you know, there's not just one victim in that scenario. There's not just the person who lost a gun. You've now put a gun in a criminal's hands, and what are they going to do? Who else are they going to victimize with right. that? And so uh, how valuable is that gun to somebody who runs in these, these criminal circles? Uh, and the reality is, is that we're not going to – that gun's going to be pretty hard to recover – the most likely scenario is that we're going to recover that stolen gun only after it's been used in another criminal incident. Uh, a good example. I was just called yesterday. I, I'm not going to go into great details as far as jurisdiction-wise go, but uh, an individual was visiting Rapid City. They had their firearms stolen from their car while they were uh, here in Rapid at a local motel. And uh, this firearm was uncovered in a different jurisdiction. It was found in pieces. It was found uh, in the snow. And uh, when they recovered it, you know, I was inquiring, well, what can we do to get this firearm back? And the answer was, well, no, you're not going to be able to get this firearm back because it's believed to have been involved in a recent homicide investigation. And unfortunately, that's how we recover a lot of these guns is when they're involved in other crimes. So please, visitors, Rapid City residents, don't leave your firearms in your vehicle. It's just a horrible idea to do so. You never know who's going to get a hold of them and what they could be used for. I I would like to bring up another thing that I see posted on social media consistently when we put out this public safety messaging about not leaving vehicles in, in cars. And you always see the people on social media who clamor for well, we need legislation to criminalize these these people for leaving guns in cars. The reality is, is that I'll tell you why that that is not a good idea. A, you're now criminalizing somebody who's a victim. Uh, and yeah. B, you know, if a gun is stolen, we'd rather know about it than not know about it. And right. if you criminalize it, who's going to report it? Nobody. So you don't want to get it's like tattletelling <laughs> on yourself. So you're right. <laughs> Rather than going and rewriting the law, can we just stop leaving our guns in cars? Please. Yeah. yeah. Which, which one of these options is simpler here? That easy. Yeah. Hey, I, I've been there. All right. Let me just you know tuck my soapbox away here. <laughs> right. Thank you for your TED Talk. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I've been there. I mean, I used, to, I used to stand the same way as you guys. Like, gosh, who would ever do that? And until mine got stolen. And that is a, that is a gut-wrenching feeling mm-hmm. when, like, I still stand behind my situation of that I was carrying it with me, shooting a music video, and was like, well, this doesn't need to be in the music video. Here, I'm going to set up my car right next to where we are shooting the music video. I'm literally standing 10 feet away 
and somebody stole it. It's that easy for somebody to steal. Like, that's why, like, that is the wor- like worst feeling in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I've been there, and it's still, I've never heard anything about it. Turned in all the numbers, nothing. I hope I never find it because of that, like right, what you just right, said. Right. Chances of us recovering it are going to be because it's used in an illegal situation. And I'd sooner somebody have just lost it or something. I don't know. I'm like, please. Oh, man. that's That would be a horrible feeling. Yeah. I, I guarantee you, if, if somebody's willing to break into a car or just go through and check door handles and get into a car, find a gun, they're not going to be using it just to go out into the hills and do target shooting. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and the fact of it, too, is they can't take it and pawn it. It's not necessarily right. for money. I mean, they might be able to sell it black market or sell it, you know, from hand to hand. But you can't pawn it because they check the numbers there. So mm-hmm. it's not like there's no really no nice. Once they steal it, like it's not for good intentions. Right. Right. And for somebody who uh, maybe thanks to their background might not be able to go to a gun store and legally purchase mm-hmm. a firearm, that black market exists. And so is that really the type of person that you want your gun to get in the hands of, you know, secondhand? Yep, yep exactly. So. Yeah, it's yeah. it's dangerous in a whole lot of ways, and the really simple, the simplest of all solutions is just be accountable for your gun twenty four seven. Yep. Okay, we, we have a question from the public. Why do I see so many small trailers with no license plate or lights? So small trailers. If you have a trailer on the road, yeah, you have to have a license plate on it. So why that? Uh, why they're seeing that i don't know i i hasn't particularly came to my attention i haven't seen a whole lot of them my guess is i'll admit it i have i have a trailer um it uh sometimes sits for like a year and a half Mm -hmm. um but before you can of course get that out on the roadway you got to go to the treasurer's office you got to get it licensed Sometimes it's not even worth the hassle and you just leave it sit there and you borrow somebody else's trailer for the day. (laughs) But perhaps maybe someone out there, you know, figures, eh, I'm only going to risk it for a day. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, it's against the law. I think the fine is probably around $120 to $130 Hmm. for failing to register. Is that how much it costs to register it? Well, uh, actually, it would be a lot cheaper than that. Yeah, if you went and registered it. Uh, sometimes I believe that if you don't register it for a year and uh, if it's under two years, I think they require you to pay the back balance due if it's within a two-year period. I could be wrong on that. I'm just I'm going off the yeah. top of my head. But, uh, yeah, quite frankly, uh, it's not worth the risk because $130 versus, say, a $20 sticker and you can use it for the rest of the year. Yeah. It's yeah, just, just register it, be on the safe side, and you'll be good. Uh, well, I just went and registered all my vehicles, which is a, is a, is a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and spent like $700 because, well, we had to get new plates. What's up with that? Do you guys have control of this or what? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, that, would, that would be the state. I want you to understand this. I worked so hard to get all of my plates to end in a 69. Right, and all of them were number, number letters, whatever doesn't matter. Sixty nine, and all of them except for two. 
Like, is this person like personalized? Them? <laughs> they are not personalized. <laughs> it's just me flirting with the people at the license plate, yeah. trying to get a '69. They grab it every time I buy a new car. Wow! And and so then 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 now yesterday I go in there. I'm like, hey, we got a situation here. <laughs> All right, and they're extremely nice there. By the way, some people complain about the people at the license plate place. They're extremely nice. If yeah. you approach them in a nice manner, right. they're extremely nice. And right. I hey, same with cops. Yeah. And yeah. so I approach them. I'm like, hey, we got a real situation here. And she's like, what? I said, I've worked for a while to get all my plates switched over to la- ending in a 69 through purchases, you know, whatever, right? And she's like, okay. She could only find one in the place. I was so bummed. So. And then lights, you said? Is that like license plate lights on the trailer or like just trailer lights on the Trailer side? lights, Like yeah. brake lights? Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. I haven't particularly seen a whole lot of them, but uh, just like a car, make sure they're working. The last thing you want to do is get involved in an accident. That's what those lights are there for is to help prevent that sort of thing. Going back uh, to Brandon here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boy, we're just hopping all over the place. Yeah. What? Are we talking plates still? Yeah. yeah. So, so many questions <laughs> come to mind here yeah, after yeah, the yeah, story yeah. that you just told. Uh, first and foremost, I mean – so you, you were able to get one of the license plates that, that you so desire. I yeah. mean, could you have gone back maybe a week yeah, from there then? You go. Well, so that's kind of what I was like. That's when I got the eye roll, and she was extremely, extremely helpful and an amazing uh, uh, gal. And I'm like, so maybe I'll just renew half of them because I've got all of March, right? So I'm like, hey, maybe I'll just renew some come back later and keep trying coming back to the water hole and she just gave me the look like really dude and i'm like all right fine i'll renew them all now but yeah mm. well that is very very nice of them yes they uh, are extremely that, nice. <laughs> that is generous and uh probably well beyond uh you know service beyond yep. the the expectation so hats off to those folks yeah and every time i've gone in there honestly they've they've been that way you know everybody dreads like registration well one you could do it online two there's a machine a little kiosk i think in the mall and in the entryway but but three if you go i'm a people person so Mm -hmm. i like to go and have a person right and they're always extremely nice Mm -hmm. but yet you'll (laughs) see people in there arguing with them and it's like well well, (laughs) so i i always tell people i i I don't fear going to the county building to renew my plates because of the people working there. Mm-hmm. I just get really annoyed of the other people in line yeah. and how quickly they're annoyed of the line. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I actually enjoy the break. <laughs> I like to go and sit and You just and a wait pause in, line. in life. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's not like they say you can't be on your phone. I just sit there and throw my earbud in and watch TikTok. I mean, I was fine, whatever. Yeah. Slide over when someone moves. It's all good. Did you good. say TikTok? Yeah. How dare you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys no. aren't allowed. Oh, yeah. No, no I was no, going to say no, follow no, some no, TikTok. No, no that, was, that was killed. That was, <laughs> that was killed. We can, we can still be on TikTok. Oh. Uh, no, you know, I'm the fire department kidding. has a TikTok, hmm. and they use it to, Also, you guys, you can now. Uh, we never were not able to. Oh, I oh. thought it had to be removed from all government phones. No, just state. And devices. Just state. The, the phone, it's like state-owned phones. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not, and there was a, a small movement to get it passed here, like on a city level that failed in council. 
And uh, no, so we can we can still TikTok it up. If they think China's yeah. spying on us through TikTok, China makes the phone itself. That, you got a point. Or Korea. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Point. I don't know where my phone comes from, and I just assume they already know everything. And <laughs> Do you guys have TikTok <laughs> videos? Do you guys oh, have yeah. TikTok? Oh, yeah. They're on TikTok. Yeah. I We're famous them. there. Yeah. Right. I'm just kidding. We're I not. We're something. I'll we can, we check can go it out. viral. <laughs> we get 10, 15 <laughs> likes every time. <laughs> All right. We have a kid question yeah. before we go. What is your favorite book? Speechless. Like, like childhood book? Any book. Um, People I'm always a, have a hard time. I'm going to go childhood book because that's probably what's going to be most interesting to the kid asking the question. Okay. Uh, Mike Mulligan and his incredible steam engine. Oh, oh I remember that book. Yeah. That, wow. that was uh, that was one of my favorites growing up. And, uh, I mean, I made my mom so sick of reading that book yeah. as a kid. And uh, um, one of the, like, it prompted an early, you know, what do you want to be as a kid? And that was to be a construction worker who could work an excavator. And that always seemed really cool to me. And, uh that's still one of my bucket list things is to run an excavator. So if anybody knows uh, or has a connection that can get me on an excavator, let me know. <laughs> I think Brandon knows some I, people. I know some people. I, pr- we'll get I, you I promise to do my best not to break it. They're pretty hard to break, to really be honest. You know, they're kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. Kelvin? You know, I'm a little unique when you ask that question because uh, I am one that cannot that can't stand to read i am not a reader wow i've tried to read books in the past i might make them through like maybe 25 percent if even that and it's uh, i'm I'm gone i'm a movie buff Hmm. i'm a movie buff. what about pop-up books uh, pop-up no, pictures no no pop-up books sorry i'm a little bit with what, i mean <laughs> yeah i mean hey it is what it is i mean i've done textbooks for school i've read those what? i've done magazines uh i've i've you know occupied myself on an airplane thumbing through whatever magazine is in shopping the, mall yeah whatever but as far as like actually sitting down and and reading like Harry Potter or something, it's just, I can't do it. I'm sorry. No, I wouldn't I'm be able to you. read Harry can't Potter. Can't do it. I'm with you. The, the, the last book I read was Into the Wild, and it was because I watched the movie first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that might be something that could draw me into reading. If there was like a really cool series that, uh, like a movie series that I checked out and they got like part three coming out, and they're not going to make a movie on it. I might read that. Well, no, probably not. <laughs> Let me ask you this. All right. Do you have a favorite NASCAR driver? Uh, I do. I do have a favorite NASCAR driver, uh, the late Dale Earnhardt. Okay. Oh. Did he ever write a book? You know what? That's a good idea. I should check that out. I'd read Dale's would, would book. You, would you read a book I if, would read if, Dale's if book. he wrote one? I would. All right, Our yeah. goal here is to get Kelvin to yeah. read a book. I'll do it for Dale. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you there's books about Dale. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, you know what? Actually, that does remind me. I uh, I purchased actually some uh, Dale Earnhardt memorabilia, and uh, it did come with a book, and oh. it was about his history. So there, you, you sparked my memory. I have read <laughs> a book. Yeah. Look at that. It, it wasn't I, like a I, lengthy book by I, any means. I figured yeah. the secret to figuring yeah. Kelvin out. Chapter yep. three, uh, final mm, chapter. Yeah, you <laughs> dug through my brain and you you found something there. You know, there, there's a um, th- this reminds me of a, a program we started a number of years ago. Um, 
you know those little free libraries? The the little, you know, sometimes you see them in neighborhoods or by oh, yes. parks. Yeah, like yeah. The, the, you know, the little, basically, it's like a little shelf mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. protected with a door where you can take a book, leave a book. Yeah. We, we have one of those over by the courthouse. What? And yeah, uh, it's it's uh, the police department and the sheriff's office got together to do a little free library mm-hmm. over by the courthouse. And it's called Get Booked by the PD in the Sheriff's Office. <laughs> I like uh, it. <laughs> so if you're like ever it. in need of something new to read, go check it out. Yeah, I like those. If you ever want to get booked, that's the way to yeah, go. Yeah, and it, it, it's the only way that you'll get booked by us and be free to leave right after. Yeah. Nice. I like that. Well, thanks for coming in. All yeah. Right. Thank Stay you safe, everyone. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, St. Patrick's Day on Friday. Drive safe. Make good decisions. Yeah, come to mm-hmm. Leprechaun at Murphy's. Mm-hmm. It's a pub crawl. You guys are invited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Make sure to secure a designated driver. Citizens Arrest is hosted by Amy Rose, Brandon Jones, Brendan Medina, and Lieutenant Mosier. Produced by Mark Houston. Engineered by Chris Jacquez. Audio and video mastered by Russ Haddon. If you liked what you heard, please rate it five stars and leave a comment. Affirmative.